Hello, America. Hello. It's Sarita. You probably know me as Bible Study Girl. and Also known as Bully's Granddaughter. Continue. And the other voice you hear is Bible Study Brother. Who is, Bully's Grandson. Who is also the executive producer of this podcast. And yes. today is a little different. Um, this has been a rough week in America for... The black community. Thank you. And so. Wanted to make a quick distinction. And so. Sorry. I felt like it was an issue that needed to be discussed. It's not something to hide under a rock, but it's something that needs to be talked about and needs to be dealt with. So today we're going to talk about racism. Mm -hmm. And its role in America. But before we get started, I'm going to say a prayer on air. Okay. It's that kind of day. It's that kind of day. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to have this platform, God. We want your name to rule and reign. We want your glory to be great, God. We also want to be used by you, Lord, and we want to do things that are pleasing in your sight God I ask that the Holy Spirit guide us and that we not cave into all of our emotions Lord um, although we have them they are real they are valid and that is the reason why we wanted to talk about this today God I ask that you just rule and reign and that you get the glory in Jesus name I pray amen amen I'm gonna start with story time so here we go so I was very optimistic. My sister would say naive. Indeed, I was. When I was younger, because of the era that we grew up in, this was the, um, it's been 30 years, about roughly that, maybe since, uh, yeah, 30 or 34, since uh, desegregation. So there's been a little bit of time. Probably 40 well, 30 No, it's some yeah. certain, because by the time okay. I got to high school, the when I graduated in 2006, it the was... uh, the year following or prior was 50 years. Okay. So, um, I went to a school, Martin Luther King Elementary, and I was around all types of people. They taught us about all types of walks, and so I had a different appreciation for people. So much so to the point to where I was destined in my life to marry an Asian woman. You were. I vividly remember this. That was your goal. That was my goal. I did not, but my wife in one of our photos looks very Asian, so I'm very, I'm pretty close. <laughs> so <laughs> that that that's that's my start. So as I grew up, and um, much like my sister, by the time I got to junior high, the other race friends that I had, we kind of stopped hanging around with no vivid explanations and things of that nature, just somehow drifted apart. And this happens, but, you know, whatever. I, I didn't think much of it. I'm like, eh, that's a little strange. I get to high school, and I go to the uh, illustrious Central High, home of the Little Rock Nine, the uh, pivotal figures that allowed desegregation or helped desegregation in America, um, amongst a plethora of other things that they've gone on to do and did. And, um, you know, didn't really experience much of anything. I mean, there were small things here and there that I didn't, like, take into account. Uh, majority of the time, the black people ate inside of the cafeteria and all the white people seemingly ate outside. So it yeah. was segregated. It was segregated. It okay. didn't feel like it because, but you know, you would have hung out with people, blah, blah, blah. 
Fast forward um, to Obama getting in office. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm like, man, the things I've grown up seeing are actually coming to pass. My sister's like, okay, bro, I just think, you know, and, and she's a prophet. And so now I'm sure she didn't know we'd be here. No. But she just knew, hey, bro, yeah, you know. So Obama gets out of office. We start those elections. You all know what happens. Hillary is a terrible person. So when Obama was in office, you were still like what? racism is. No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. I was like, we're progressing. Okay. Gotcha. Not that it doesn't exist. Okay. Because by the time Obama got in office, um, some, and, and this was a small deviation. We took a food trip. Go ahead. Finish this part. And we're going to talk about that. You want to go to the food trip? No, I, uh, I, okay. we are going to talk about that, but I want you to finish. Okay. Because we're going to talk so about anyway, that. So anyway, so we're fast forwarding to when Obama gets out of office. So, you know, like I knew there were people who had problems with it. My mom would come home and tell us about all the people that would say things about Obama, this, that, and the third. And that's, that's, that's commonplace. It's a president. We talk crazy about him. I mean, people are going to have feelings. He's also a black man. And I'm like, you know, there are people who are going to have feelings about that. So fast forward, Hillary is a terrible person who does not connect with people at all. There's no way in the world I would have been able to vote for her because she just does not seem like she knows anything about people. She might know a lot about money, business, something like that. But anyway, Trump gets in office. So all of a sudden, now I've been on the same Internet, same web, you know, and I didn't hear a mumbling word or peep about all these feelings and, and, and how how bad Obama had messed America up. So when this guy is getting on TV, grabbing by the blah, 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 doing all this other stuff, and people are rallying behind it when he's saying things that are clearly divisive, not intelligent, not unifying, make America great again as if we were not on the highest in, you know, incline of jobs and in, in economy and all this other stuff, make it great again. So what was it missing? What was it lacking? Um, and it's about this time where I'm like, oh, you don't like it. When you're not represented somewhere for eight years or a certain amount of time, it's not like it's been 50, 100 and every president, but Obama, but you know, um, okay. And then it starts to get worse. So the flip of there being just nothing racist, something will happen. This person did this. Okay. All right. You know, they, they they were walking in sunlight with a clearly colored candy gun toy or whatever. Bam, bam. Okay, sure. Um, they're resisting. Okay. Sure. They were selling loose cigarettes. That is a finable offense, but, you know, death will suffice. Um, the things started to pile up and, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself cause I, I think you want to go into a big thing, but around the Trayvon Martin era, do you want to go there now or did you want to lead into it? We can talk, we can go ahead and talk about Trayvon. Well, cause that was the, so that was, so really the murder of George Floyd on this Monday, mm-hmm. I was already over racism in America not being thought of as a worthy member of society, but that tipped the scales for me and it tipped the scales for the citizens in Minnesota as well. And so that's why 
I felt it was important for us to talk about it today. You started talking about your journey in racism land. And I was going to share, growing up, I've always been aware of race and differences in race. And that's what Bible study brother was hinting at earlier. He didn't say it explicitly, but I would tell him when he was going out with friends and he was the only black man, listen, the police are not going to view you the same way. I know you're young and you like to have fun. I get it. But you need to be mindful of what you're doing, where you're going, and who you're going to be with. And he, you didn't really, you didn't. But now, just to clarify, majority of my friends is black. Like, yeah, this is like I'm just saying, more young, young. Like, I, I'm just saying, I like, didn't, I'm just saying. No, I get what you're saying. Just you did not. Did you understand what I was really saying to you? Like, I I, I think you thought I was like jaded. And I also think you thought because I'm darker than you that like. No, that never. Like, I know that that would be a factor that you would think would be a factor. I wouldn't think that because you got to understand that I never even thought we were. I didn't think we had different parents. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I wasn't coming across like she's like colorism was not a thing for me. Because I just went with well, maybe you just thought I was jaded. You just thought I was jaded, but I have so I thought many. Thought you were just being a, a, an older sister, and like the thing, like like any adolescent kid, the things that they tell you not to do are the things that you want to do. Yeah, let like, me that's do that. It. Like it don't have no like there wasn't no depth to it. I was just thinking people are people because for me in that existence when I was younger, people that's are who they people. were. Yeah, and I. I truly believe that people are people and it makes me sad that black people are really not viewed as people. And I will say, when do you, do you remember the first time you experienced racism? Um, or can you think back to your first like clear I mean, cut? I can tell you in elementary school, I was very aware of the fact that a lot of times People would say to me things like, oh, you're so smart. But it had like a hint of like, it's unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, she shouldn't be this smart. She shouldn't like you're like black people are smart. And I can vividly remember the first time um, we talked about racism in school. I was in the second grade. I cried when they showed us videos of what happened in the civil rights movement. And when they told us that people literally died so that we could be free in America, so that we could vote, so we could, I'm like, wait a minute, what? But that, mm. like, that broke me down. It really did. I cried. I could not, I could not fathom that that's what life was. But I was still saying second grade, I was optimistic and hopeful that, okay, Dr. King fixed it all. He's got the dream. Here I am. I'm living the dream. And I think the older I got, the more I realized that there's still a lot of work to be done on the dream. I have several, um, you got million stories. I have millions of stories, especially being a black woman, um, in a field only, I look today, only 3.5% of speech language pathologists are people of color. 
So, but listen. But also listen. The opportunity's there. <laughs> but also, oh, okay. <laughs> so I've experienced racism in the streets. Just being a black woman walking around, I've experienced racism in my professional life. Mm. Um, racism surrounds me. I even if you can't think of the first time you realized that your race mattered. Hello. I'm listening. You, you got to understand, I'm praying to Jesus as I'm looking away. <laughs> so have you... Here's what I got for you. Mm-hmm. No. No, you don't remember. Mostly because I had what is known as, because of how I grew up and the things I grew up with, the Messiah complex, which is... I can't see that or feel that because I think that if this person sees that I'm nice, cool, good, they all will. Like, it'll just be a thing that'll wash over. If you see that, like, that was the the, the mindset. And then, you know, I was such a recluse in general, like, I just hung around my friends. So, majority of my friends, with the exception of people I went to school with, was black. And then when I got home, it was all my black friends. So, for the, the, the chance for things to kind of happen was minute. I remember the first time I was like, so um, we, me and my friends came home from the fair. So this would be high school. Um, We were at another friend's house uh, close to Central or whatever. And um, we were like sitting down, just talking, shopping it up outside. Like, you know, not ready to go home because we were told we can have some time out. Cop car drives through um, and Says something to us like they had got a report that people was laying down in the street or something like just something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no. And I mean, at that point, like I was a black kid. So like I've been taught like y'all acting out of line. Like, and I mean, they left. It wasn't nothing big, but small, like in my mind, like what are they talking about? Like I wasn't doing nothing like in my head. The thought of I know I'm not doing anything. That means something like that was my what real thing but the first real and, and and no one else will see it this way that's fine but the first real racism i went was on our food trip that was my first like oh so okay yeah. okay so let's talk about the food trip we generally take a week-long vacation mm-hmm. in the summertime with our mom that's just what we do Typically, we go to the beach, but this year we decided we were going to do something different. I had literally just purchased my car. This was in 2014. Mm-hmm. It was a 2015. Like, I bought the car, and we went on the trip, like, that week. That wasn't the plan initially. I didn't buy the car, so we'd go on the trip. Anyway, I ended up having to buy a car. That's a whole different story. <laughs> so, I bought the vehicle. We are taking a road trip to Chicago. Um, stopped to see our grandpa in Michigan, and we also in went the zoo, Kalamazoo. Yeah, and we also went to Niagara Falls. So it was a long. It, it was, was a real trip. It was a real trip. It was a long trip. We had fun. We like food, so we mapped out like. all these. We love, so we mapped out all these different places we could eat at because we spent we spent several days in each location. Yeah, so. On our way back from Niagara Falls, we stopped back in Kalamazoo just to say. Mm-mm. It was on our way to Chicago. 
That's what I'm saying. On our oh, way we back from Niagara Falls, we stopped in Kalamazoo because we got we stopped in Kalamazoo to just say, hey, we're headed to Chicago. Um, okay. Just wanted to see you again before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just okay, wanted to. Okay, okay. Yes. Just wanted to see you again. We're heading to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. We pull off for my grandpa's house. We weren't far down the street. No, not far at all. And not far but at all. What happened prior to is we had gone through a car wash. Yes, and remember, I have a brand new car, so I have temporary tags. My mama has real issues with cars. She wants Being cars dirty. to be clean and whatever. I don't even know what we like. I don't know. know what we anyway, so she was like, "We need to go through the car wash." We went through the car wash, so the tags weren't easily readable anymore because she forgot this girl doesn't have permanent tags. Uh huh. I get that. So we get down the street from my grandpa's house. Joe is driving. Mm -hmm. We get pulled out. Now, it takes about. Now, this is the first time I'd even realized that the more than one cop car pulling somebody over was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I'm not getting what's going on here. Why are we waiting for a whole nother car? So the guy comes up. He checks the registration and stuff. I'm driving like I don't. It's not my car. I don't know where all the stuff is. I hand it yeah. to him. Nothing crazy happens here, but you know they don't say and they don't say much of anything. No, not even to the part they don't say much to you who stated you were the owner of the car. Yeah. So everything is in order. You know, paperwork. He's just like the tag. Like we know. We right. know. But yeah, we know they're, they're we there it. and I can use them for this. Yeah, that's we, what they're there. for. We get it. And I do understand that we're from out of state. Different states do temp tags differently. OK, yeah. we get that. So, again, nothing assuming there. Just, you know, I can't read your tags. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's well still profiling because Michigan, you could be doing all kinds of things, you know, trafficking or whatnot, if that's what they assumed. So we now get on the freeway. Now, I drive a little bit like my mother, but I don't drive as fast as my mother. You were driving the speed limit. You weren't. Being but around. I was in the left lane, which I did not know you couldn't just drive in. It's for passing. It is purely for passing. And I did not know that you could get fined for such things. But anyway, so within not even a minute. Of the first time of us getting pulled over. It was more than a minute because it took it us. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. Maybe like was, five it, minutes you later. You give five or ten, but it was not that long. Um, it wasn't that long. I'm saying we were on the freeway maybe for five yeah. minutes. And so you we, we get pulled over. Okay. Which we're like, okay. And I'm looking, I'm like, I wasn't speeding. So we pull over. Guy comes up to us. Um, first he explains, you know, hey, why were you in the left lane? And I was like, I mean, I was just driving. I don't. Well, you you know, you're not able to blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. How y'all doing today? Fine. Where are you going? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. He separated us. Well, he, this is before. Well, I he, feel like he asked. He asked for the registration and all other stuff. And then he took it with him. He took it with him. Came and back told you to get, said, out, of you out, of out of the car. And I'm like, now, again, um, I just get out of the car. I didn't resist. Or do anything crazy. Now, at this point, because of all stuff that's going on, I'm like, I might not get back in this car. Right. Like, it was a small thought in my mind. Not even going to lie. 
Yeah. And I was very on edge. I was very like, Lord. So because again, I, Trayvon Martin stuff is just happening yeah. now. All of the police killings have not started or the ones that are named. The ones that are named and that we are just like Upset saturated. In that. But I was very on edge. I was so, so on edge because we just got pulled over by two cops yep. like not even five minutes ago. What is going on? Like at this point, I'm like, can we just. So, so upon being separated, he comes to me and asks me, well, hey, where, where are you guys going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, what are you doing? He had looked in the car and asked, what are all these snacks for? Because we're on a road trip and you don't want to stop a lot. But whatever. Um, is there any weed or anything in this car? No. Like, no. Can I, can I look through the luggage? Again, all things that... We don't have to let this person do. But again, we ain't doing nothing. So you can check all you want to. So at this point, he leaves me, goes up, and talks to me. He asks the same questions. We have the same answers. He wants to talk to me about the paperwork on the car. Well, the paperwork Mm -hmm. is in order, but I smell marijuana, sir. Mm -hmm. Sir and sir. So after he searches, sir, the car, we'll just move on. I'm sorry, but sir. Okay, go ahead. Then he says it could be the grass weeds or something. Well, maybe that's what I'm smelling from the side of the road, sir. Oh, sure. Because you like I got and, and here's where I get angry. There was no fine for the thing that you're saying that I'm not allowed to do. Right. Which is true. Um nothing else and then you just let us go like now now to some this is the part of story you got away you didn't do anything they let you go what are you mad about and that my friends is the problem that's the problem and that's the issue i don't believe that would have happened to a family of a different race but there are instances where that happens. Is, is, but is the, that not important? But there probably really are not. Oh. And I will say, I haven't had much interaction with the police when it comes to road incidents. I have had some positive interactions with them. But I would say the interactions I, the majority of the interactions I've had with the police have been <sighs> negative. Were you in the car that time I got stopped on the way to Sweet Baby's birthday party? Is this one the dude? He came and he got literally my Literally waited for you to. Because the speed limit slowed down to oh, yeah, like Yeah, 30. I know I was there because he, he waited for you to get. To, to the 30, to the 30. <laughs> and like immediately anybody like that kn- anybody that knows me knows i'm not a speeder no like <laughs> and he waited man he turned those lights on eta like, is the eta if you're riding with my sister <laughs> that is true he turned those lights on so quick pulled us over said to me you know i gave him my information my license my registration And I believe he was like, do you have any felonies? Do you have any warrants? Do you have any outstanding traffic tickets? I said, no. He goes back to check 
my information. And he comes back and he says, oh, you weren't lying. Sir, excuse me. Like, <laughs> have a blessed day. Write this ticket. Write the ticket. Go back. Just go. Um, I forgot about one other time. that like, So when I first, <laughs> it's all about first getting cars. Because <laughs> apparently we can't have those. Um, <laughs> sorry. So when I first got my car, me and Myron had gone to see uh, Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. I have a Mitsubishi Lancer, which looks like one of the cars in Fast and the Furious. Um, we left, and uh, where did we go? We were we were about to go hang out at his house, and so we're driving. But to get to his house, there was like a sobriety check, and like he hadn't been drinking or nothing. But at the same time. We was going to go drink somewhere else. <laughs> now, uh, because I never encountered those, I'm like, I'm not going that way because mm-hmm. I don't know what they could think about me. Like, I'm no, sir. So I make a left. Now, I haven't. I'm, I procrastinate every now and again. I had procrastinated on putting on on screwing my license plate into the back of my car. I was it in the back plate. window? It was in the back window. <laughs> <laughs> so, so of course we 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 turn over when we get pulled over. And here's the part where it gets like where I'm like, do I just meet all the cops that think like you can catch somebody in a lie the easiest way possible? So guy comes up, asks my registration, hand him the registration. He goes, he said, are you sure this is your car? This says it's registered to a something like it's tan. I'm like, yes, this is my car. Like, what? So, of course, he leaves, comes back again, and just lets us go. Because he asked us where we were going, and we were going, well, we, we were going to, we weren't going to Applebee's, but we told him we were going to Applebee's, because this is when Applebee's had started opening later. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, we can go to Applebee's, chill here for a little bit. Of course, when we get to the Applebee's, it was closed, but I didn't know that at the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> and I kept thinking about that. Like, so then we leave, we go to, we go back to to our house or my mom's house. Um, we leave out. Uh, we're about to get on the freeway. Before we get on the freeway, a garbage truck hits a deer in the middle of the road. Deer spins, and its head hits like the side of my car. So now there's like a Slight blood splatter of deer on the side of my car. It wasn't a lot, but it was, you know, like noticeable. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, to take Myron home, we got to go back through this sobriety check. With the blood. And I'm like, yo, they finna, we going to jail. (laughs) I haven't done anything. Right. But we going to jail. They not asking no questions. It's blood on the car. That's the evidence right there. That's all they need. Like, man, we hit somebody's head and ran off. We did a hit and run. Like, and then they just let us right through. Well, that was great. But the yeah. first part of it was more so the racism issue, I guess. Because it's like, what? Like, what you think? No, this isn't my car. Like, no, fam, that's my car. Like, you might want to run that again, Bubba. So it made me very sad. Um, I One thing I struggle with is... You know, I talk a lot about, well, I have talked before on the blog about 
having friends that are of different races, I feel like that's very important because when oh, we we're get getting into the meat of the episode now. Yeah, okay. because when we get to heaven, we're all going to be there. There's not going to be a black section. There's mm-hmm. not going to be a white section, Asian section, Hispanic section. We're all going to be there together. But here on earth, they're so... There's so much division and you really can't say that you love Christ and you are not concerned about your fellow man and the experiences that they are having on this earth. You know, our Bible study for the last week, uh, for the last month, really a little over a month has been focusing on justice and God's justice, we've talked about you reap what you sow. We've talked about how God is a God of order and God is a God of justice. And you can go for so long living life your way and doing things your way. But there comes a time when you have to pay. You can't just go running wild and acting crazy and not expect for bad things. Well, not bad things, but you cannot expect to escape God's justice. And I will say for me, it is frustrating as a black woman to have friends of different races who don't feel as outraged. Who doesn't feel like there's a problem because it doesn't inherently affect you. But that is our call as the church to help but the oppressed. It, but, it, but it does not affect the the church that we have. They're still the people that are at our church are still paying tithes. The clothes drive we did for the kids in December is still going off. The mission trip we're going to Africa to help the underprivileged is still doing what it needs to do. But you're not helping the oppressed, and Listen. the black people, black people in America, people of color, we are oppressed i can tell you i'm going to give you a very real example Mm. when i first moved back to arkansas after doing travel therapy in other states that was my first time experiencing like no doubt there's no this is racism Mm -hmm. i called i was working for um a company, we would see children in their homes for therapy. They did have a home office. They have several home mm-hmm. offices. but So you can see children in the clinic or you can see them at home. Most people like the company because you can go to their home so they don't have to bring their kid to the clinic for therapy. I called to set up an appointment with a new client. Mom doesn't answer the phone, but I leave a voicemail and let her know the date and the time of our first therapy appointment. I never hear back from this lady. Um, But I think the office manager called me and let me know they were coming to the appointment. Okay. Show up. See the kid. Woman is nice as pie, super sweet, so friendly. And after our appointment, the manager calls me in the office. The clinical manager calls me in the office and is like, hey, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you how the session went, which was odd. She had never done that before. But I'm thinking maybe this is an Arkansas thing. I'm like, it was fine. She was like, oh, I was just wondering because the mom called after you left the message to say she wanted a different therapist. 
This lady has never met me before, does not know who I am, but she wanted a different therapist because she said she couldn't understand me. And listen, and then um, the clinical manager said, I knew, I knew why she didn't want you, but I just wanted to see how today's session was going to play out. Excuse me, what? Excuse me, huh? Asa, huh? What? I was outraged on so many different levels. Then I find out that I am literally the only therapy that he's receiving in the office. All of the other therapists are going to her home to provide services to this child. But she would rather drive to the office than have me come to her home. They refused to give her another speech therapist, so she took what she could get. But this same woman loves the Jesus, probably is having life groups at her home. Um, you know, same thing, sending people on mission trips, trying to help. And it's my responsibility to help your child succeed and be successful and I'm supposed to do this and be calm and remain professional that's the expectation of me at all times that's disheartening you know I um I'm sick of it it, uh, go ahead it made me recall um at my prior job um and I remember talking to you about this because this is during my turn into Bowie's grandson (laughs) <laughs> um, where somebody told me oh, you're the whitest black guy I know. Mm. Like I don't, I don't know if you remember that because I remember mm-hmm. I came, uh, I came home and we talked about it because I was just like, and I sat there and I was like, what? Like, uh, mm. I am um, tr- trying to find words because frustrated does not equate to what I feel. Um, There are so many blind people. Blind. And I don't mean to the inequality. And I'm saying this to qualify because I know that I'm angry. So if I offend, you're offended. I was going to say they'll be all right. Um, The thing is, no one wants to be a racist, so no accountability will be taken. And what I mean by that is you're so averse to the fact that things you can do can be racist, mm-hmm. can affect someone's life, not livelihood, excuse me, not livelihood, not their day their life um so when someone's barbecuing in a park and you feel they don't have a permit uh permit and you call and you don't say the truth that i don't think they do even though you're not required um and you bring a certain level of aggression because you've created a scenario of aggression 
So that's what they come prepared for. Um, so they come and they're not respectful. And yet you have to respect them is what I'm told. Um, if you're proper. But George Floyd. Okay. If you're proper mm. and follow and don't resist. These things wouldn't happen. So accountability is lacking because of blindness in the sense that you don't want to seem like a bad person because you're not racist because you're not calling somebody the n-word because well you know i i, I watch the blackish because my best friend is black you have all these qualifiers that remove you from any sort of responsibility because you've done your justice You've done your job or what you feel your job is. Whereas if little Timmy is lost in the woods and somebody of color or anybody happens to find him, we don't just leave little Timmy out there. Bring him back. Probably should because <laughs> because when I bring you little Timmy, you assume I took little Timmy. This is true. That could be a very dangerous situation. So even with the situation where the... um. The, I cannot think of his name, but the black guy who saved the uh, little white girls that it were uh, had been kidnapped. Missed it. Um, it. It was years ago, and they like they ran out to him. It was one of those news stories that they like played a lot. And I blanking on names because you know whatever. Even if you want to say, and and here's the other part of this, and also if y'all haven't noticed, this isn't going to be a thirty minute episode. No, because this is not a thirty minute problem, baby. Um. Uh, okay, I'm gonna gather myself. I'll let you gather yourself. You just okay. I'll get back. What I want to say is, it is a responsibility of every believer to care about not even just believers, but to care about all people on the earth, whether they know Christ or not. And it's not enough. To just pray for me. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. You can pray all you want to. I could sit in my house all day long and pray to God and ask him to help me lose weight. But I also have to put some work behind that. It doesn't just happen. And it is so frustrating to me that black people are marginalized. We're Mm -hmm. thought of as less than you don't value our lives i've seen the meme going around and talking about if that was a dog he was on oh the nation oh the nation would have been upset peter would have had a fit peter would have had a fulfilled day the whole entire and it hurt me so much because i know it was true i know it was true you care more about a dog's life you care more about a football player kneeling, not touching you, not hurting you, not attacking your kids, not murdering your brother, your sister, your husband. Then you do. Someone that is being knelt on and actually about to die because he resisted. And, you know, people have. OK, I'm not saying. Riding. Is the answer, but it is a response to you 
continually ignoring me. No, people, they were outraged with Colin Kaepernick's silent protest. No, no, no. There's nothing you can do but accept because you have the opportunities to make it in America. You have the opportunities to succeed in America. The thing is, if we dealt with our own problems, my sister. Oh, Lord. We would be able to overcome the things that we've gone through. And see, again, I come back to the fact that you lack accountability. Get off of my black on black crime. Is not a thing. Get it is crime. It's just crime. Because, again, crimes happen around the people that you're around. True. So the same murders in your neighborhood, the same snapped episodes. You watch any episode of Snapped. It's not called white on white crime. It's just called this white lady killed her husband. That is true. It, it, it's not a thing. And if you're going to try and shift blame to the fact that, oh, so I need to police my communities. And because I'm not a, a, upset about what you want me to be upset about, which you don't know how upset about it, I am. You don't know anything because when those things happen, you're not in those neighborhoods, the hood, the ghetto, as you white people use so normally. Bully's grandson will back away, but you go. I'm just, what I mean to say is in that word that you use so normally, so flippantly. That's ghetto. Knowing exactly what you mean. It's not as if you mean broken or that's. You know, a little crazy. That's ratchet. Now, if there weren't so many popular songs that happen to use these terms, um, Meg the Stallion is huge for you, huge for you guys, huge for everyone. You know, the Carol Baskins thing, full thing, you know, full rip off of the things that we do. Um, it would be different. I need for there to be accountability. You know what I need? I just need for there to be action and not. I would love to see not just black people outraged about black lives continuing to be taken. And it would be one thing. I think a lot of people, too. They feel like black people are being extra. Like. It's not really a thing, but it is a thing. Like it is a no, it's not prominent. If you just it's a prominent resist. It's a prominent thing in the black community, and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed, and I need for the entire nation. I need for the world to be as outraged about the injustices that are that are taking place. Towards black people. I need for people to be. It doesn't need to just be black people saying this is wrong. It needs to be a whole nation rising up and saying, no, we're and not going to take this anymore. Outraged does not mean that you have to go out, riot, break some stuff. But I what it means what is do. that, you know, when you're thinking about your legislation, these votes that you make, you know, you think about the insurance, the education that only affects that little zoned area that you've been gifted. Um, You think about the other people. Now I get it. Some of you are islands because that's the general premise of the world. Though these businesses that you have, the business that we all have are nothing without the customers. 
um, you know, majority of y'all aren't living off the land and just growing your own food and living an Amish lifestyle to where you provide for yourself and need nothing from no one. Most of you are interacting with everybody. So that TV show that you love, that actor that he's such a great guy. Those are, you know, people. Yeah, I think grandma said it best in her episode when she when I asked her if there was anything that she hadn't said or that I hadn't hit on um, in our discussion. And her thought was that we all just need to love each other no matter what color we are. We need to see people as people. I think that was so powerful, profound. You need to see people as you see yourself. As you see yourself. Like, like you you need to see people. People are people, though. That's the thing that's disheartening to me, that you don't see me as a person and you don't really, you don't value the lives of people in my community. It's heartbreaking. You don't value the lives of people in my community. You don't care when we're hurt because the reason we're hurting is things that we caused it's something we did and i will say to you that that is the mindset of a lot of people what what, what did he do he must have done something wrong and i've already given you examples in my life where i was just living but again i was just living and those simple things could have turned into thank god we didn't end up being a hashtag but it's very possible because you know they always tell you to be calm and not resist and be compliant and follow orders I don't. <sighs> and that's not a guarantee people. that's not a guarantee um, but at the end of the day yeah i can have a bad day I should be able to have a bad day. That's true. With someone that I employ. With someone whose paycheck, my tax dollars fund. And they are empathetic. I'm taught in my job to be empathetic to the people that are coming in. The person that you think could have no money could have all the money in the world and buy everything in there. While the person that you assume has money could have none. And that's the reason they're there. Yeah. It's sad that I have to be told you cannot do this. It's sad. Like, it's not like, you know, just be respectful of people. It's be respectful, protect his or her ego so you can come home. Correct. Because if you resist, if you, if you, again, if you're just like, we have bad days where there's not something wrong. I'm just upset. And I'm not meaning to take it out on you. It's just the world's taking it out on me and I'm emoting. As a black man, we're often told, don't be the angry black man. And then black women are told they can't be the angry. I'm just angry. It's not a it's not a it's not a thing that adds to my race. It is a thing that we all experience that you get to experience. You can show me a video of some black guy going off on a a cop and getting away and feel like, nah, progress, man. Hey, he lived. And I can show you a thousand more. Where he didn't get away. I can show you a thousand more reports that weren't put on the Facebook. And I get it. Media, y'all feel like media just has it out. And they do in a lot of ways. But they do this stuff because it profits and it still builds the thoughts that you are blind to. 
you don't think about the coded way that so every case of of a celebrity or a black man going to jail, a kid going to jail, a kid doing something, the picture is always a mugshot. Yet young Dylan or whoever the case you put up on TV, it's their graduation photo. So, and if you think that subconsciously these things don't affect you, I call you a fool. I say you're a liar. I say you don't even understand and you're not praying no discernment in anything. Because you are calmed by the fact that when you see yourself, you see someone who has something going for them. My. I don't know. The police don't have (sighs) the police have a job. Their job was to take him to jail. Not to be the judge, the jury, their job and the executioner. Just take him to jail. Your job is to call the cops. Your job is to not feel, oh, well, this person is uh, doing something wrong. The law is in my hands. Your job is to protect and serve. There's a disturbance going on. I can handle this in so many different ways. I, I, I can take this person and, and, and arrest them and put them in jail because that's what I'm supposed to do i can look at my fellow officer and out loud say that's not okay yeah that's not right we and i see it and i know that it is in other places holding people accountable is not the end of the world it's not there's nothing wrong with justice being served, it sets a dangerous precedent when you let police murder people. It sets a dangerous precedent. And that is why black mothers and black fathers sit down with their children to have the talk with them about how to survive an encounter with the police. That's the reality of our lives. That's the reality of the situation. It's a sad, sad day. And I don't like, um, I really am all about action points, about not just mumbling on and on and on. Um, but I have a, I have a heart for change. I want to see change and I want to see, I want to see the world at large standing up for the black community and saying this is not okay. Enough is enough. It's been enough. We're over it. I promise you, by taking any bit of accountability, it does not end your life. It doesn't make you so stained that you can't be clean. It, it doesn't make you the most evil person in America. What makes you evil, what makes you a part of the problem is silence and non-action True. for things that are not okay. 
The civil rights movement would not have been as effective if it was just black people screaming and crying. It would not have been as effective. Nobody wanted to hear it. Um, and I'll just, I'll end with this thought, just these last couple of thoughts. Everybody don't have boots with straps. Everyone isn't blessed with shoes. As much as you think, if, if favor isn't fair, why would these boots be? Your, our jobs, not even your, our jobs as Christians is to help one another see God. And even non-Christians. I'm talking about the world at large. But yes, the church, the church triumphant is only triumphant when we care about the oppressed. When If you are able to find peace in these actions, then I ask you, was there ever the fire of Jesus in you to begin with? Was there ever all the things you read every day that you quote to people that you say that, you know, when you're talking about supporting Trump or whatever, that, you know, the Bible says to respect the laws of the land and so on and so forth. But the law is not respecting the law. Go ahead. Where is your righteous indignation? Where are you flipping tables as they use and abuse your people? The, the people God put us here to save. You can think what you want. You're free to do that. But understand that your thoughts of me have power. Your thoughts of me shape whether I live or die. True. Your inaction or action can be the difference between the change you say is already here. The thing you say we need to stop talking about because the more we talk about it, the more it exists. Because you want it to be done. You're tired of hearing the thing that you never got up to change. The thing that is on us to change. I implore people to think about people. It's not just about you. It's not. Um, so... We'll uh, see y'all on the next one. I uh, pray that each of you are blessed. I pray that each of you are safe. I pray that each of you know that you are loved. I especially, specifically would like for my black brothers and sisters to know that you are loved. And I would also like the world to know they're loved, but I got to make a distinction first because it's, Time for that distinction to mean something. True. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>